Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 22. About two weeks ago, we, we looked at this exact same passage in Matthew, and uh, just praying about what to talk about this next week, I just really felt like I needed to talk a little bit about how to avoid election year fever. And if you say, what is election year fever? Look around. <laughs> Look at Facebook. Actually, last night in Denver, there were two opposing groups having demonstrations, and someone got shot and killed in the meantime because they just couldn't exist across the street from one another. So for some reason, the last few election cycles, it seems like people just get meaner and meaner and meaner every year. You notice that? We live in a culture of outrage. I was listening to a podcast about this, about how to be a Christian in the midst of an outrage culture. I thought, well, that's, that's a great description because everybody's mad about everything right now, aren't they? And, you know, it used to be you get mad, you just be mad. Now you get mad and you attack people on social media and then evidently you attack them in person. And so how, do we, how are we Christians in the midst of this culture? Now, if I said, you know, we're going to sit in this room, Democrats on the left, Republicans on the right, <laughs> a little joke there. You have you got it. But if we split you down the middle, Democrats on one side, now you're getting it, and Republicans on the other, it'd be a little awkward, wouldn't it? Because we just can't seem to agree. And then there are a lot of people just in the middle that say, I, any functioning adult works for me, you know, like, you know. But I, I read a story about a, there's an old farmer who's out in his field, and he saw a busload of politicians go by, and their bus rolled right in front of his house. And a big, he had a big ditch there, irrigation ditch. The bus rolled in. So he went and found all these politicians, so he just buried them all. Well, the sheriff came by a few days later and saw this bus rolled over, and he found the farmer and said, what, what happened? He said, well, this bus load of politicians wrecked, and so I buried them. And he said, well, were they all dead? And he said, well, a couple of them said they weren't, but you know those politicians, they lie all the time. So <laughs> that's just, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're kind of in an outraged culture. We know, Jesus actually had a lot to say about how we react with people, right? So in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40, it says this, One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Get that tested. It said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And again, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago. Jesus says what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your who? Neighbor as yourself. He said all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He didn't say love the people in your same political party. He said love your neighbor, people around you, people who might not agree with you. So how do we apply this passage, the things that Jesus said are the very most important things in all of Scripture? Because, again, like we said a couple weeks ago, when you do these things, you fulfill it all. How do we do that in the midst of an election season? So, Lord, we just pray that today you would enlighten our hearts and you would apply your word to us and help us to walk this thing out every day. Lord, help us to truly love people in a culture of outrage, a culture of offense. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, one of the guys I read a lot is Andy Stanley, and he talked a little bit about this, so I grabbed a couple ideas from him. Uh, so how do we do this? How do we live out our Christ following in the midst of a culture that everyone is fighting, everyone is attacking one another, no one can agree on anything? How do we do that? Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to keep perspective on what's truly important. 
what's really important. You know, I love living in the heartland of America because no matter what happens in politics, it takes a couple years to trickle down to us, right? <laughs> you know, those of you watching at home, you may live in areas where that's not true, but here, you know, politics don't have that, that big an effect on us immediately, but eventually it comes. We have to remember this. We have to remember that eternity is more important than politics. Eternity is more important than what happens in Washington, than what happens in Lincoln, or whatever your state capital is. We have to remember eternity is more important than that. When we die, I don't go to D.C., right? Well, some people say if you're bad and you die, you might go to D.C., but, you know, that's... No, we don't. When faced with a crisis, politicians aren't the ones who have an answer. It's in who? It's in Christ. Our answer is in Christ. So, you know, sometimes we act like politics is the most important thing out there. You know, we, we watch it on TV, we read about it, you know, in the day they had newspapers, now everybody reads it on their phone or their tablet. But, you know, politics is not the most important thing. Christ is the most important thing. And, you know, we all believe that Jesus is on our side on politics, right? You all think, you know, if you're Republican, you believe Jesus is a Republican. If you're a Democrat, you believe he's a Democrat. If you're an independent, you believe he's an independent. So I saw a joke that said, you know, Jesus, you know, he was right wing. He hung out with tax collectors who were called publicans back in the day, you know, Republican. Uh, so I all think he's a Republican. The Democrats say, well, Jesus was always given free health care. I mean, he healed everybody, so he has to be a Democrat. He was always trashing rich people, so he had to be a Democrat, right? You know, so we can't find an answer there. So I have to understand that eternity is more important. When, right before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said, go into all the world to make what? Disciples. He didn't say go make politicians. He didn't go say make other followers of your political party. He said make disciples. That's the most important thing. And we have to remember that people are more important than politics. When they said, what's the most important thing? He said, love God with everything, and then love your neighbor. Love the people who are around you, whether they agree with you politically or not. Love other people. And today in our culture, that's not the norm. Today in our culture, if you don't agree with me, I'm going to attack you. If you don't agree with me, I'm going to call you all kinds of names, right? I'm going to call you a bigot or a racist or any number of things. All right? Jesus didn't leave any room for interpretation. He said all the 600 and something laws in the Old Testament are fulfilled when you love your neighbor and you love God. He said they all hang on these things. You can't do one without the other. Jesus is for people. And he doesn't say, you know, love everybody unless it's every four years in November. Then you can be as mean as you want and then come back. No, he doesn't. He doesn't leave any room for that. He says, love your neighbor and love the Lord. And we have to remember that Jesus takes one side. And what side is that? His own. Jesus is on his side. You say, well, where is that in Scripture? Well, in Joshua chapter 5, Joshua, the leader of the Israelites, was getting ready to, he was looking at Jericho, trying to figure out how they were going to take this city. And he says, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. That meant he was ready for action. So Joshua goes up and says, hey, are you for us or for our enemies? <laughs> are you for the right wing or the left wing? Republicans or Democrats? Are you for big budget or, you know, whatever? And he says, neither, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I've now come. So then Joshua fell face down in reverence and asked him, what does my Lord have for me? And he says, take off your sandals, so the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. 
Now, the only time in Scripture the Lord said, take your shoes off, is when they were in the presence of who? The Lord. This was a physical manifestation of God here. He told them, I'm here. And he said, well, are you for our side or for the other side? He's like, neither. <laughs> I'm for my side. So here's the thing, guys. Jesus does not agree with the Democrats. Jesus does not agree with the Republicans. Jesus agrees with Jesus. He has his own agenda. And his agenda is people. Bringing people to himself. Taking care of people. Right? Jesus is for people. The way we treat people who are created in the image of God is really how we treat God. So if I start an argument at work with one of my coworkers and make him mad and, and push him away, that's not what Jesus wants, right? He wants us to take care of people, to love people. So think about this. What would it look like if every person in the United States practiced this? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor like yourself. What would our country look like? It'd be different, wouldn't it? What if just the Christians practiced this? Could we change our country that way? Yeah. But unfortunately, we see a lot of Christians who don't act like this. We see people walk in church and say, oh, that person's here. I'm not coming here. If I know how they act, right? And I'm not saying we have to be perfect, but if we could just love people the way God tells us to, it would change our culture. It could change our country. Now, I'm not saying you have to agree with them. There are a whole lot of political things that I disagree with. I'll go places and, what do you think about this? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say because I know how this is going to get. Uh, so, but ultimately, we need to love people. So here's the biggest thing. We need to keep perspective on our influence. During this season, we have to keep perspective on our influence. What is influence? It's how you affect people. All of us have influence. And you may say, Pastor, I'm just a middle schooler. I don't have influence. Yes, you do. Pastor, I, I just raise kids. I don't work at Yeah, you have influence. Well, I'm not a... Yeah, you have influence. Every single one of us influence people. Every single one of us have people in our lives that we have an effect on. And we have to keep track of that, especially during this kind of the year. So... This is an Andy Stanley thing. He says, be a learner first and a critic second. What does that mean? We need to be open. We need to learn how to listen. There's a story about this old farmer. He retired from farming, and he kind of got bored. So he said, I'm going to open up a medical clinic. So he opens up a clinic there at his house, and he puts a sign out front that said, get your treatment for $500, and if it doesn't work, you get $1,000 back. Pretty good deal, right? So the, the doctor in town, who's a younger guy, he went up and he said, hey, this is, this is crazy. So I'm going to try this. You know, I'm going to get 1000 bucks out of this guy. So he visits the clinic and he says, hey, I've lost all taste in my mouth. Can you help me? The old guy said, all right, nurse, <laughs> bring medicine from box 22 and put three drops on his tongue. Well, the guy said, ah, that's gas. And he says, $500, please. So he thought, man, that stinks. That, that's not right. So he goes back. He's like, I'm going to get my money back. So he goes back and says, doctor, I've lost all my memory. Can you help me? He said, all right, nurse, bring in bottle 22, put a couple of drops. He said, I'm not doing that. That's gas. He said, your memory's back. Give me $500. Right? <laughs> so, so then he says, all right, I'm done with this. 
So he goes in, and lastly, he says, Doctor, I've lost all my vision. I said, well, I can't help you. So he said, nurse, bring him a $1,000 bill, hands it to him. He says, that's a $10 bill. I said, yep, got your vision back, $500. <laughs> so what's the point of that? Don't mess with older people. They're smart, right? <laughs> well, we need to be learners. We should be confident. Guys, I don't know what's going to happen in November. I don't know what's going to happen with our country. I don't know what's going to happen with this virus. You know, everyone's got a different opinion. But you know what we do know? We know who's in charge. We know our hope is in Christ. And I know, guys, this sounds like a church answer, because it is. <laughs> our hope is in Christ. He's the only one that we can put our hope in. Because everyone else is people, and people are imperfect, right? So we should be a learner. We should be listening. God, what are you saying to us? What are you telling us? Listen to what John says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. He says, you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over these people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. We have a God who knows. So we need to be listening and learning and be curious. He never runs out of wisdom. He never runs out of things to tell us. And so we also need to be curious about the people around us. So I'm going to give you a couple of ideas here. I think I even left these in the notes. When you're talking to someone who has a different political view than you, and you always, you know, our instinct is, you're stupid, shut up, right? <laughs> you don't know anything. But we can ask some questions. What led you to believe this, this particular view? What led you to that? What does that do? That tells us their story, right? And what does their story tell us? Ways we can reach them. Ways we can love them better. Ways we can do this, Right? Have you always believed this? Did you ever believe different? Again, we can learn their story. <laughs> we can just say, can we talk about something positive? I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to gossip. So can we do something better than this? Right? Where did you get that information? There's a big one. You know, if you're a Democrat, you watch this station. If you're a Republican, you watch this station. You don't know what newspaper to believe, right? So where did you get that information? So we're informed or misinformed, Right? And here's the thing, if you get anything else today, we can remember we can have a strong opinion, but we can't let that opinion cause us to lose what? Influence in the lives of people. I can have a strong political opinion, but I cannot allow my opinion to push people away. Because what happens after November when things settle down, if I burn bridges in people's lives, guess what? My chance to reach them is gone. My chance to minister to them is gone. So don't allow your political view to cause you to push people away. We've been called to influence people. We've been called to love people. And so, guys, we don't have to agree with them. I've got a lot of people that I just say, you know what, let's just agree to disagree on this, because we're not really anywhere with this. I'd love to talk with you about it. I'd love to ask questions and listen, but ultimately, I'm not going to win you over. You're definitely not going to win me over. So let's just talk about something else. Let's talk about things that really matter in life, right? So I love, there's a quote from Andy Stanley. He says, Jesus said that you are the light of the world, that you are the salt of the earth, that we have been called to influence people in areas where we think eternity is at stake. We've been called to influence people to help put families back together. We've been called to influence people so they can see the world as the world is and to bring healing and restitution Bring sons and daughters back together and husbands and wives. We've been called to do something 
extraordinarily important. So we cannot allow politics and arguments to get in the way of that. So again, I'm not saying you have to agree with them. I'm not saying you even have, well, you do have to be nice. I'm going to say you don't have to agree with their cause. But we need to love them. And don't allow your differing opinion to keep you from having influence in their life later on. Because again, you know, whatever happens, we got four years with it, so let's just make the best of it, right? And let's keep praying. And we have to remember that election season is temporary, but people aren't. Elections are temporary, people are not. So what's the best thing we can do? Just pray, Lord, let your will be done. And help me to love people the way you see them. Help me to love people the way you do. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and we're going to take some time to pray this morning. So what am I saying? All this, what's all this about? Well, we need to learn to love people. And we need to allow God to use us to influence people. And we need to pray, God, help me use my influence the best I can. Because whether you're a student athlete, whether you're uh, a stay-at-home mom, whether you have a full-time job, whether you're retired, we all have influence. We all have people that look up to us. We have people who are influenced by us. God surrounds us with people all the time. Even during this season, there are people around you, right? So if you can stand physically, we're going to stand this morning. If you're at home, I'm going to invite you to pray with us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you give each and every one of us influence. And you've given each and every one of us a mission. You said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And so we pray that you would help us to use the influence that you provided us to do exactly that. And I know we're in a time where our nation, everyone is contentious right now. There are uprisings all around our country. People around the world deal with this all the time. This is kind of new to us. So Lord, help us to have your perspective on this and to keep the important things important and to let the little things slide. And Lord, I know we're not all going to agree, even in this room, there are varying opinions on, on politicians and politics and policies. But Lord, you're the main thing. Help us to keep you the main thing. And so all around this room, I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes for a moment and, and just... Get along with God for a minute. All of you watching at home, I'm going to ask this question as well. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with God like you've been talking about. Or maybe at one point I did, but I don't now. I've walked away from that. and I just want to make that right. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. We're all going to pray this together. You at home, I'm going to ask you to pray this as well. This is just simply you talking to God and acknowledging that you need His help. So everyone, pray this with me if you would. Dear Jesus, Thank you so much for your incredible love for me. And I admit that I've made mistakes. I've sinned, and I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. Forgive all my sins and give me new life. And help me to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer, it said that Christ has made you brand new. So if you prayed that today, I'm going to ask you to just talk to me, Pastor Kenny, one of these people up here.
If you're home, send us a message. We love to contact you and talk about what you did now. I'm going to ask us all to pray this morning. And we're just going to say, God, give us influence in the lives of people. God, help me to use that influence for you. Help me to love people the way that you do, even during this season, especially during this season. So, Father, I just pray for each and every one of us here today. Lord, you've given us all spheres of influence. Lord, there's some who have influence in the schools where no one else can reach. There's some who have influence in workplaces where no one else can reach. Some have neighbors living nearby that have never heard your name. And Lord, during this contentious season in our nation, I pray you'd help each and every one of us to use that influence for you. Lord, give us people that we can, we can speak to, we can show love to, because it's so different than what's normal in our culture right now. So Father, I pray you'd help us to love the way you love. Help us to lead people the way you want us to. And God, I pray you help us to do that in Jesus' name.